welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin. I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. No, no, I no pre-bump it. jumps. Oh, stop it. We're going again. <laughs> I was expecting better of you. Hello and welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Debman. I'm joined as I am every week by the man who couldn't find whipped cream, so he dusted his pancakes with Butterfinger pieces, Mr. Shane Reeves. It was actually remarkably good. And, and, and I left out the strawberry syrup as well. Yeah, I had, I had strawberry syrup, and I was looking for whipped cream and could not find it. So I was there at the ice cream bar, so I just dusted it with Butterfinger. That is a that is a man that lives like there's no tomorrow right there. <laughs> well, considering after I put all y'all to bed that night. <laughs> That's all, true. I was I was amazed that you were the last one up. I think it had to do with the cup of coffee slash Kahlua slash Bailey's that I was that drinking. You had three drinks of that I was drinking at one thirty in the morning while smoking a cigar. That was Lighting up a cigar at 1.30 in the morning is definitely something that I have not done in a long time, if ever. It's been a while. Been, as a matter of fact, that may have been, and did it two nights in a row. Yeah. And uh, what we're talking about is we've recently returned from Trey's bachelor party and had a lot of fun. And I would like to point out, as a, as a post note from last week, everyone please go back and listen to last week's show. And when I told Trey, I will teach you how to play cards, and he guffawed at me, made fun of me, and all, all of my students that, came back ahead, did they not? Did I really? Of that course, does not you sound scoffed. Like me. It was a scoff, I tell you. That does not sound like me, but I believe you, because you, you listen to the show, I don't. You scoffed at me when I pointed out that I would teach you how to play cards, and there was six of us went. Myself and my three students all came back money ahead. That's true. And those who didn't heed your advice. Those who didn't listen. Paid for the trip for the rest of us because the (laughs) casinos did not make money on the four of us. Yeah, they didn't make any on that. They made money on those two. Oh, yes, they did. But all they had to do was listen to my advice. It it was funny. My brother on the way back to Nashville downloaded a three-card poker app and was playing the whole way back. (laughs) Someone found his game. It's it's not the same if you're not at the table. Uh, You just can't replicate that feeling of all of us at the table and just laughing and joking. Well, it's also a lot about, like, any video. and I mean, because you play a lot of poker in person as well as on an app. There's something about, and I don't know if it's a disconnect you know, kind of a mental thing of like knowing that a computer is controlling the cards doesn't feel the same as the pure randomization of a deck of cards being built. Right. Yeah. It's it's hard for it to feel that way. Yeah. And all, but let's light our cigars. We've 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 talked about my drinking and my smoking or my gambling. Now let's talk about my smoking. All okay. Right. <laughs> so I'm I'm smoking something. I got here to the shop, and I said. I didn't bring a cigar with me because I've been running like a madman all day. You and me both. Well, and we're recording prior to the poker game, which we rarely do. True. And also, I've been hopping today. So I said, jumped, jumped in the locker. And Okay. First and foremost, I must stop the show and say, I have the most wonderful wife in the world. You do. 
Would you like to know what she did this weekend while we were in Tunica staying up to all hours of the night smoking cigars and gambling? What what was she doing? She cleaned the garage. Wow. And you've seen my garage. I have seen your... Well, I've seen what's visible of your garage. You wouldn't recognize it now. That's unbelievable. You know, she spent all weekend cleaning the garage while I was off partying. Now, there's not one wife in five million that would do that for you. No, absolutely. And then she bought me my beautiful Peter James case that we'll get to a little bit later in the show. But right now, I'm trying to get this cigar lit. Um, So I'm smoking the Punch Store Press Matafina. I picked this up two cruises ago on my way to Mobile in Montgomery at the um, Sanctuary Cigars down there. All right. So I, I had it in the locker, and I forgot about it. It wasn't until, because also, in addition to cleaning the garage, she came here and cleaned my locker at the cigar store. I opened my locker, and everything's organized and in line. Wow. Yeah. So I found this cigar thanks to my wife. Now, so does that mean you should go off on vacation by yourself more often or less often? Probably, <laughs> I'm going to say it's probably less often. There's no telling. <laughs> at some point, she'll realize she doesn't really need me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I better hang around just a little bit. She'll go from cleaning the garage to cleaning out the garage? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> at some point, I'll come back, and the dog will just be taking up residence in my side of the bed, and that'll be it. Exactly. But this is a Brazilian Matafina riper. It's Nicaraguan binder, Nicaraguan filler. Punch, not known for their exotic tobaccos. No. So there was, oh, it's a five and a half by 55 Robusto Gordo. It's a box press. They only made 675 boxes of, of, of these cigars. So I'm really excited to, to give it a try, give it a taste. Um, it's been aging for over a year in my locker, so it's probably just about ready. So very excited. What are you going to smoke? So I am smoking the Alec Bradley Prensado Lost Art, which we don't smoke a lot of Alec Bradley on the show. And I wanted something completely out of my wheelhouse, new and different tonight, because uh, I've been going through a lot of the same cigars lately, and I wanted to kind of branch out a bit. This is kind of the sequel to the Prensado um, that was the number one cigar of 2011. Um, let's, it is Nicaraguan and Honduran tobaccos with a Honduran Corojo wrapper. I'm a huge Corojo fan. What was that? You get a little tobacco salad? The back end of this cigar must have been barely hanging on under the cap because I just clipped it, and stuck half of it, it in my out. mouth, and about half a cigar worth of tobacco just dumped down my palate. <laughs> Okay, carry on. Um, but no, this cigar is very much a full-bodied cigar. It's supposed to have um, sort of nut and hickory kind of notes, a little bit of coffee. So it sounds like it's going to be right at my wheelhouse, but this is so outside of my norm that I don't really have, I don't have high expectations or low expectations. I just don't know what to expect. Wow. On the, so on the cold draw, I got a lot of sweetness, a lot of that Matafina flavor. Just lit it. And it's good. I mean, this is good Matafina. <laughs> hey, put some more tobacco on your computer tray. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. <laughs> this is good Matafina. I'm really... And, now, and I was scared this was going to happen because I bought this a year ago and there was only 675 boxes made. So what's the chances of me ever getting another right. one of these cigars? That is, that is the risk you take in a scenario like that. They are for sale on Fox Cigars for one fourteen ninety nine for a box of ten, so that's not terrible. So, 
as I quit. Have you noticed my voice is leaving? Could you take over for a minute? So I get out <laughs> you have to take a break so I can do it. Um, so we've got a great show for you lined up this week. Um, in the course of our travels this weekend, we actually ran into the, uh, the attorney who represents the Cigar Smoking World Championships. And uh, so we've got a little piece on that that I'm actually not going to yell and scream about, which is rare. Uh, I've got a couple of new releases and then quite a lot of crime stories this week in the cigar world. So we're going to touch on that, too. What do you want to start with? a little classic cigar nostalgia to be had. We've got all kinds of good stuff. All kinds of good stuff. Well, let's first, let's talk about some new cigars. I always like to open the show talking about a new cigar. So. And um, this one, um, so when this one come up, it's an Aladino wrapped in a Honduran Cameroon. This is from Aficionado. I am sold. Just just based on that alone. Aladino's making a Cameroon. I'm in. So this is from the Iroa family. And it's Honduran-grown Cameroon cover leaf planted in the Hamastran Valley. So... This is interesting because am I right that a lot of Cameroon comes from Africa? It's an African tobacco. But this is actually grown in Honduras. So the Crojo seed tobaccos are grown by the Aroa family. It's going to be available in three sizes, a 5x50, a 6x43, a 6x52. So they're not making one big enough that I can enjoy it, but I'll still try it. That does raise a question for me as it applies to all of this FDA and legislation stuff. Uh, when it comes to predicate blends, now if you take a a blend, let's say, let's say this exact blend was already being made, um, but it was using African Cameroon versus Honduran Cameroon. If it's technically the same strain and same blend, it just happens to be grown in a different area. I wonder if that would count as a predicate blend or a new blend. I'm gonna say that there. So it, it all depends on how greedy the, F, the FCC gets. FDA. Yeah, them too. How greedy they get with this in that they, um, I think they're too lazy to care. I think they just see Cameroon. I don't think they know the difference in Honduran, Cameroon, Nicaraguan, yeah. you know, Tennessee, South Tennessee, Cameroon. I don't think they know the difference. But it would be, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out as if that does become a loophole how long it stays open and what it does as people exploit it. I think, I think we could end up with some really unique, you know, Connecticut grown San Andreas and, you know, some, some other really interesting, interesting things. Well, this was developed by Julio Aurora after Eroa. Yeah. Eroa. Eroa. And his son, Justo Eroa, who we've had on the show. And all we couldn't remember the other day, but I remember now I very knew that well. that was his name, but I wasn't willing to stake enough of my reputation on it to say it on air. Well, I'm looking forward to this. This kind of, um, there's several palettes that I know that this really suits. You know, some cigars just seem like they're going to fit. I think this one's going to fit well. I am, this is going to fit their portfolio so, so well. It's going to fit my palette pretty well, I believe. Uh, it'll be very, man, you weren't kidding. About 15 minutes and it finally got a little quiet in here. Yeah, this place just clears out all at once. It's funny. It, it's like everybody at once says, okay, I finished my cigar, and they hit the road. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. So I want to talk about, so La Aurora has been doing so much right. Cannot miss. La Aurora, you know, the 115 had another one on my way down to Tunica, uh, you know, in the truck with Austin. Talked about that as we, dis- we discussed the theory of poker in depth. 
Okay. And I'll, I'll be interested to see how it pays off. It's been paying off on video poker. I'll be interested to see how it pays off tonight at the live game. But they, La Aurora is putting out a TAA exclusive. It's hitting stores in April. Okay. Can I can I be a jerk for a minute? Just for a minute? Just, yeah, just for a minute. Right. I, I mean, I'm usually the paragon of virtue. but That's I'm, what we call you. <laughs> modest, virtuous Shane. Modest, you know. All of those good things. I'm, I've, I've had an impacted wisdom tooth full of the Tobacconist Association of America. Why? Because I'm sick of every week they get these releases like these are going to be the greatest cigars ever, and it's result and you've got to hunt up a TAA store like you're stalking big game, and all. hope they still have one in. Right. And then, if in, in which case, most of the time they don't, so you have to pay triple MSRP to find one on the secondhand market. Yeah, I'm I'm sick of it. I am sick. Of, I'm fed up with the Tobacconist Association of America, and all because either sell the cigars or don't sell the cigars. But if there's nobody in my area, our closest TAA store is in Chattanooga. Yeah, I'm not even as much as I love a La Aurora. I'm not driving two hours to pick one up. Well, now, how do you feel about that compared to shops like uh, or brands like Drew Estate that have the Diplomat? Where only now, granted, they've loosened the restrictions in recent years so that pretty much all of your reputable shops, you know, can carry Liga. But it used to be for a while that only certain shops could get it, and it was more exclusive. Is it is it just the pretentiousness of the TAA, or is it or is it that that exclusive? Um, to specific shops versus just being limited edition. It's the fact that they release these TAA articles as if it's finding the Holy Grail. Okay, so Drew Estate's got to have the Drew Diplomat program because they sell too much cheap junk. They sell so much cheap stuff, I can understand them wanting a Diplomat program so that they can still market their acid lines and their their less pure cigar lines. And still allow the brick and mortars to have something to give you a reason to go there. I understand okay. the, the diplomat, I understand completely. And the TAA, I shouldn't complain because it is their right. And all the Tobacconist Association, it is their right. It's not easy to get into. It's very, very difficult to become a TAA store. And you have to work hard to do it. And usually I'm kind of a fan of that sort of thing. I like for you to have to work for it, but I'm tired of them releasing these articles like this is the next big thing yeah. and then telling me that I've, I've got to travel, you know, 180 miles to get one. Well, especially, you know, at $12 a stick, I think the price is really reasonable for La Aurora. That's kind of right in the middle of their portfolio. And, uh, you know, but by the time you factor in the cost of gas and time for us, it becomes a $70 cigar. So, okay, complaint session over. So the blend is a Dominican binder from the Chabao Valley with a filler mix of Dominican and Pennsylvania broadleaf tobaccos. The wrapper is La Aurora grown in Ecuador from a variety known as Havana Vuelta Arriba. <laughs> you have to say it that way. You can't, of just, course. You can't just say HVA. And I'll come in 10 count boxes. They're only making 500 boxes, and the chances of Shane ever smoking one of these are slim to none. Yeah, it's going to be hard to get our hands on one of these, but I, I definitely will be trying. That is for sure, because like like I said, you know, La Aurora can't miss this year. Hey, wait a minute! Didn't we have a Miami cigar rep in here last week that was a buddy of ours? Don't we also have him coming back in a couple of weeks? He listens to the show too. Yeah, um, 
Un- wink, wink. Un- not- unnamed uh, Miami cigar rep or his boss, either one that are listening to the show. Just slide, slide something over here for me and Trey. We'd be very, or at least me, we'd be very appreciative if that was possible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's you want to let's cover our first crime article real quick. All right, let's let's start with the one you brought. Man gets two years in prison for stealing cigar at gunpoint outside the West Fargo VFW. This is how boring it is in North Dakota. A man has been ordered to serve two years for stealing a cigar from another man at gunpoint outside the West Fargo VFW. Okay, first of all, there's a lot wrong with this. How much bad stuff goes on outside the VFW? Right. I mean, there's generally, because in a dry county, I don't know, you know, our listeners that are kind of out and about don't understand. In Tennessee, there was a lot of dry counties where the only place you could drink was at the VFW. There still are. There yeah. still are a lot of dry counties. So it does. So the VFW did sort of attract a little bit of this kind of shenanigans in its day. A little bit. And I'll, so on October 16th, um, this young man, I don't even, uh, I'm not even going to say his name, comes out and says, asks for a cigar. Asks to sees the guy smoking a cigar and asks for a cigar. The victim refused, so he pulled a handgun and said, I'll take that cigar from you. So, here's the thing. InfoRum, powered by the forum in W-Day. I don't know what that means. Um, website, InfoRum.com. We need to know what kind of cigar it was. That's right. Everybody out there listening to the podcast right now is screaming at their cell phone, what kind of cigar was it? Because... If he held him up for a Swisher Sweet or a Gurkha, we're giving him the chair. Exactly. Yeah. It, now, that's life without parole. But by the same token, if, if so if the guy had a five-pack of Swishers in his pocket. Okay, let's let's actually let's raise it up a level. Let's say he had a five-pack of Toscanos in his pocket. All right. You know, keeping with our Miami cigar theme. Let's say he had a five-pack of, of Toscanos in his pocket. And the guy walked up and said, and you answer this, if you were outside the VFW, and somebody walked up to you out of the blue, and you had a five-pack of Toscano in your pocket and said, can I have a cigar? What would you do? I'd probably give him one. I, I would, too. Or at very least, pull it out, whack it in half, and say, let's smoke it together. Exactly. Especially if I seen the gun in his belt. But, you know, so that's the beauty of Toscano. This could have been avoided if this man had been smoking Toscano. I'm, re- I'm really sucking up to Miami trying to get one of these TAA Law Roars right, right now. <laughs> but... This could have all been avoided if they just handed him a cigar. Now, if the guy walked up and I had a Padron, you know, we were outside the steakhouse and all of us were sitting around smoking Padron 1926s. The guy walks up there and asks for a cigar. It's a different deal. It is. You know, hey, sorry, this is a bachelor party. These were very special cigars. Yeah, this is this, this is an event at yeah. this point. Yeah, this is an event. But just hanging out outside the VFW. But I think this article is poorly reported because I did not find out what kind of cigar it was. Yeah, it does seem it does seem like it 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 leaves something that the story for me is it, the story is really missing that key detail. And how hard would it have been to find out what kind of cigar it was? If it was a machine made, we probably wouldn't even report the story. Right. You know, but if it was him out there having, um, out for, okay, <laughs> what's the highest level of cigar you would give a stranger? And uh, what cigar, if you had two of any cigar in your hand and you were standing outside the VFW having a smoke and a stranger walked up and asked for a cigar, where do you cap it off? Where do you say, I can't hand you one of these, Sorry. 
ten dollars retail. So you're you're going by cost. Yeah, more than I mean, I'm I'm thinking of specific cigars, but rather than kind of put it on a list, I'm gonna say anything. For the most part, everything that I wouldn't be willing to give up falls above the ten eleven dollar mark. Okay, now do you do the trick I do? When I go golfing, I always keep a cheap cigar in my little bag so that when the gentleman shows up and says, oh, yeah, I'd like a cigar, I can give him a cheap cigar. Yeah. So could keep you from being robbed at gunpoint. Always keep a cheap cigar on hand. It's funny. We were – I was talking with Austin before we left for the trip. And he was obviously going to bring a humidor full of cigars down for the trip. And he's like, all right, I want to bring, like, what do you like, this sort of thing. And will everybody smoke? I said, yeah, everyone will smoke. And he's like, well, I was like, my brother and brother-in-law are the two that that don't really smoke that often. He's like, okay, so what?" I'm like, bring some coat of arms. Because that's what he was trying to figure well, out. He didn't want to hand them one of those Padron 26s and then see them puff on it for, you know, 10 minutes and then set it down. Well, do you really want to know what happened that day? Me and Jay came up here to pick Austin up, and Austin said, oh, I've got to go in the humidor and get cigars. And me being me, I said, hey, you better not be in there digging around in the bargain bin either. Right. And so he grabs a basket, comes out and throws it at me and says, go put some stuff in there, tray locks. <laughs> <laughs> so I filled you up, and then he grabbed a box of Padron 26s. I mean, hey we got the greatest cigar shop owner in the world. We do. Austin treated us like kings. He took good care of us on this bachelor party. He definitely did. A gentleman and a scholar. And I immediately came back with my winnings and put it back into the shop by buying a box. Oh, good. You reinvested. I reinvested. Well, that's always good. Maybe you'll win the Traeger. Hopefully so. And on March 27th will be the La Aurora event here at Crown Cigars and Ales in Brentwood. Miami Cigar, better be getting a TAA. Um, <laughs> come, see, come see Adrian and get, and get some good cigars. Cause right now, and I will say, the hardest thing about that event, I'm definitely buying a box at that event because there will be a good deal. Right. Then I also have to decide, am I going to get a, um, you know, am I getting the DNA? Am I getting the 115? Am I getting the, um, you know, which ones am I getting? Oh, wow, birthday cigars just came in the door. All right. Check this out. Sorry, I got distracted, folks. Um, just walked in the door. One of my friends brought me my birthday. will be on Friday when y'all are listening to this on Saturday. Rocky Patel, 25th. Nice. Rocky Patel, 50th with the Orange Band and the Feral Flying Pig. That's that's quite the haul for you. That's a heck of a haul. That's a good, that's a good friend that shows up with those kind of cigars. Everybody else, you better pick up your game. So, anyway, moving forward, enough about the guy trying to steal cigars. Let's talk about something. This is something that you don't hear very often. You know, we we talk a lot about how, you know, Nashville is pretty well inundated with cigar shops. We've probably got about 20 of varying levels of of quality um, and different atmospheres. You know, places like Atlanta have over 90. They're probably getting close to 100 at this point. But for the most part, it's a it's a people focused business. It's a community and a relationship business. Everyone, you know, you've got some personalities that maybe not mesh, but for the most part, everyone gets along together. Apparently, that is not the case up in Maryland. Manager of a Maryland cigar store was arrested for a murder for hire plot, where he is alleged to have tried trying to hire a hitman to murder a rival cigar shop owner. Man. 
business bus must be really <laughs> cutthroat, man. That is cutthroat. Well, you don't know exactly how he. It could be, you know, strangulation or gunshot. I think that costs extra. I, yeah. I think the close. I think the closer the hitman is to the intended victim, the more it costs. If you watch it in movies, that's the way it works. It so, costs more to get him killed with a spoon than with a so rifle. No more artichokes, two for a dollar at the Safeway. No, no, no more of that. <laughs> You know that joke, right? Not at all. Okay, I'll tell you after the show because it's a long one. Um, but statistically, just in the band of useless knowledge, and believe me or not, this useless knowledge thing is coming back at the, on the second half of the show. In the band of useless knowledge, do you know that murder for hire is the second least successful crime in the world? In the, in the whole world? Well, in the United States. Oh, okay. Do you know what the least successful crime in the United States is? Credit card fraud. Bank robbery. Bank robbery is the least successful crime. Murder for hire is number two. Wow. For the for the person being hired or for doing the hiring? The person doing the hiring. <laughs> um, um, Hitmen are like plumbers. It's hard to find a good one, and when you do, you kind of don't want to tell everybody. Right. <laughs> and you probably can't afford him. Yeah, well, you don't want him busy when you, you know, when your toilet's clogged up, your boss pisses you off, takes your parking place. You really don't want him to be tied be up a, somewhere yeah. else. <laughs> you, you don't want to be put on a two-week waiting list. Yeah, you don't want him on another call. Here's well, sure, I, the show's going dark. Here's what I think is really funny about this. Uh, so the guy was um, arrested last week on multiple felony charges, uh, including solicitation to kill and murder, um, but also... Um, he was being investigated for other criminal charges, including, um, where was this? Robbing a man at gunpoint for a cigar? Uh, you would think. <laughs> um, he was alleged to have been selling and trading cocaine to people for money and stolen goods. So I was on Reddit a few months ago, and I came across a very interesting piece of advice that a cop had bestowed upon his son, which was, Never commit more than one crime at a time. That's solid advice. I feel like this is a perfect example of why that becomes important. If you're dealing in stolen goods and cocaine, maybe don't also try and have your competitor whacked. Not everything is peanut butter and chocolate. Exactly. Not everything is two great tastes that go great together. I mean, occasionally you should separate. So, uh, apparently, the... um, the the guy who was arrested was the person of record for smoking room 301 in Waldorf, Maryland. The guy he was trying to murder was the owner of the Tinderbox in Waldorf. So if you happen to be in Maryland, go buy Tinderbox. Yeah, go, to yeah, tinder go, go support t- Tinderbox. I think we can... <laughs> At all. There, there's a there's a lot going on in the, in the world of cigars this week. <laughs> you know, some weeks it's harder than others. <laughs> this week it's fairly easy. Well, speaking of fairly easy, um, let's let's give our listeners a break. Come go away with uh, <laughs> what the both of them we got left. Yeah, exactly. Let's step away for a cigar under eight, and we'll be back with more after this. Trey here with this week's Cigar Under $8. I want to talk about an unsung he- hero of the humidor, the Perdomo Lot 23. This is a cigar that is a perfect example of everything that Perdomo does well. That's what I just said. Well, I was giving you the opening. You didn't take it, so I had to jump in and do your lines. Uh, a few years ago, right around 2012-13, 
they started releasing this in the in a sun-grown wrapper, which to me is the best, but it comes in a Connecticut as well as a Maduro as well. Uh, I think Perdomo is really known for their sun-grown wrapper, and I think that it perfectly um, fits this blend. The other thing I really like about the Lot 23 is that this is very much a budget stick, especially in their lineup at about 615, 620 a cigar. It's it's really budget friendly, but you have a very hard, t- you still get that same Perdomo level quality and consistency, and it'll hold its own with most cigars $2 more expensive. You know, over the course of the poker game, we always send, uh, we always cut the pot and send the cigars for Warriors. We've probably sent more Perdomo to Warriors than any other brand of cigar, and I'm good with that because it's yeah. always going to be a good cigar. Absolutely, it's it's sometimes it's going to be great, but it's always going to be good. It's never going to be bad. Yeah, and the thing I love about the 23 is that the Connecticut's kind of a medium-bodied cigar. It's not super mild. The Maduro's kind of a medium full. And then, or a medium plus, and then the sun grown going up to medium full. So you can find one, whatever your strength level is. Yeah, so till next week, try the Perdomo Lot 23. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane. Sitting across from a man that does not know how to order in a fancy restaurant, Trey Dedman. What was wrong with that way I ordered? Okay, so here's, I'm going to recreate the scene Saturday night for y'all. One of our buddies got us the most exclusive room in the most exclusive hotel in all of Tunica, Chicago Steakhouse. Everybody's dressed nice. Trey's at the head of the table. We're all laughing. We've been we played three card poker from eleven to four thirty. We did. And the only reason we quit at four thirty was because um, we had dinner at five thirty, and me and brother had to run to um run to the room and change clothes and all. So the waiter looks at Trey and says, "What'll you have?" Trey says, um, "I'd like the sirloin and." Broccoli, please. Tap water will be fine. I I did no such thing. Then the waiter comes to me. What will you have, sir? Bring me a flag and a veil, the 24-ounce porterhouse, cooked medium rare, lobster macaroni and cheese, and have one of the peasant children come in here and dance for us. And Trey made note of that. I'm just telling you, that waiter, so our bill was over 500 bucks. We tipped the waiter about 168 bucks. There was a lawyer sitting on either side of me that didn't make on the hour what that waiter was making that night. He could be told what to do with authority and not be insulted. You have never waited tables. Never. See, there is a difference between the way you interact with people when you've walked a mile in their shoes. Now, I, I will say... I. First of all, I ordered a New York strip and a baked potato. Thank you very much. Oh, that's right. Austin was the one that, that asked the dumbest question ever asked in a restaurant. Which is better, the twice baked potato or the broccoli? Yeah. <laughs> Second time that day I was confused. I ain't going to say what the first time was, but Trey knows. <laughs> but anyway, so I, when you order, you order with a you know, and let me tell you something. That 24-ounce porterhouse, if you're in Tunica, go to the Chicago Steakhouse. That 24-ounce porterhouse is worth it. So I don't want to beat the stories of last weekend to death, but I do want to say for those who, you know, let me kind of paint a little bit of a picture here. Tunica, Mississippi is a grease stain on a map that you would mistake 
if you didn't know what you were looking for. There's nothing there except for about four casinos. That's the only reason that town exists, that and a Circle K. So, our, and it's about 30, it's about 45 minutes outside of Memphis, about an hour outside of the good part of Memphis. So, so our expectations of this steakhouse were not high. You know, it, that's being the best plate, plate of food in that town, you know, Olive Garden could probably easily lay claim to that if they moved in. That being said, taking that piece out of it, the food was incredible. One of the better steaks I've had in a restaurant ever. So much better than it ever had to be, mm. which to me is the mark of a quality establishment. It's so much better than it had to be. Right. There's a different, you know, that's the whole world operating on a meritocracy, right? Let's, it, let's not just do enough to get by. Let's take some pride in our work, regardless of what the expectations are, regardless of what the minimum requirements are. Let's just do the best thing we can do. And, and they nailed it. Hey, and their peasant children can really dance. That's right. I mean, I was throwing nickels at him, and he was get, he was hoofing it up. Didn't even miss a beat on the tambourine when you did it, dude. Not in the Caught least. Caught him right between the eyes, and he didn't miss a beat. <laughs> but just uh, I'm going to have to teach you. You're going to have to get used to living the high life. We're going to have to teach you a little bit how not to be so so mild-mannered when it comes to that. And uh, when, you, when you have the opportunity to live the high life, I, take it. The other thing, though, is that being someone who doesn't drink, that does reduce your capacity for that type of thing a little bit. Because, yeah, like I did. I drank tap water. I'll admit that part was true. <laughs> and you ordered kind of meagerly. You didn't, you didn't say it like you meant it. You, you actually asked like you were, you know, would you mind getting this for me, sir? Not rush along and bring this back. A little bit of magnanimity goes a long way. I'm certain that's not a word. I am certain it is. Magnanimity? Magnanimity? If we were playing Scrabble right now, we would be getting out a dictionary. And that's fine. And I would clean up if I... Magnanimity? Magnanimity? That sounds better. Magnanimity, I bet, is better than magnanimity. But anyway, that's not why people listen to this show. This show is going off the rails so bad tonight. (laughs) So let me tell you about this Punch Matafina. It is outstanding. I am enjoying this cigar to the nth degree. It's got the perfect amount of sweetness. That Matafina wrapper has been aged perfectly. And magnanimity. You're correct. The pun- This cigar, it's a cigar podcast. Do you, <laughs> Professor, do you mind if I talk don't, about don't, this stick that I've been puffing on? <laughs> don't question my semantics. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, punch, not known for cigars that blow your socks off. Usually good cigars, but rarely has a punch blown my socks off. This punch has blown my socks off. Really? Punch signature Matafina all day. Definitely something that I wish they'd put into a regular production because I would definitely be, I'd definitely be a fan. And next time I see them in a shop, if I happen to come across one in my travels, I'll probably break by the whole box. Hey, that's, that's high praise. It's very good. And I'll tell me about the Alec Bradley. Uh, as of right now, I'm not getting a whole lot out of it. I'm about halfway through it. It's it's pretty flat in terms of complexity. I'm not getting multiple flavors. I'm just I am I'm getting some coffee. I'm getting some strong coffee bitterness, uh, but in a good way. I'm not getting a whole lot of that nutty oakiness that I was expecting from the description. Um, it's good, not great. 
It's about a four and a half right now. So, on to our topic of the night. Okay. We're three, ter- three quarters of the way through the show. We might as well get to the topic at this point. This was your primary focus for the episode this week. The, this was it. Such is the priorities I hold in my life. The reason this comes up is my wife and I are sitting on the back porch last night, smoking a cigar, talking about all the time, you know, what went on while I was gone and all that stuff. And she says, hey, have you ever heard of the Cigar Smoking World Championship? So that I'm, I'm going to derail you just for a second uh-huh. because someone in the car with me on the way down asked me that exact same question. And I turned to the back seat and I said, you know what? This is how I know you don't listen to my podcast. Get out. <laughs> oh. But I know for a fact your wife does listen to this podcast. I listen to it with her. <laughs> We've been listening to it together from day one, from episode one. Our, we get up Saturday morning. We either go to the gym or if it's yard sale season, we'll hit the yard sales. And our first cigar of the day is shared together on the back porch via the cigar cast. Mm-hmm. So I know she had to hurt, but she actually looked at me and said, have you ever heard of Cigar Smoking World? She, I just don't think she pays attention. <laughs> I just really don't. She just happens to always get a royal flush on video poker whenever she, whenever we talk about it, I guess. I, I, well, I think it's because you do most of the talking about it, and she kind of tunes you out sometimes. That's probably uh, true. Uh, that's possible. That, I mean, it's totally fair. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, actually, if she's going to tune anybody out, it would be me. <laughs> she has to live with practice. me. Yeah, she has to live with me. But. This brought up the question, because I told her, because she said they're having a qualifier in Tennessee. I said, yes, and I can't imagine anything more miserable than trying to go do that. Agreed. And also, the way the Cigar Smoking World Championship, I'm going to give you a quick primer. Very Reader's Digest version, because we've talked yeah. about it today. You get a bunch of guys together and see who can smoke a cigar for the longest. So, is that quick enough? That's quick enough. Um, to me, that's the least effective way to sm- to crown a world cigar smoking champion. I can't think of a worst way to crown a champion of world cigar smokers than to keep a cigar lit for the most amount of time. Right. It, it should just be called the slowest smoker in the world championship. Right. And also, my proposal. Well. Since you hate this with a passion, would you like me to give you my proposal or would you like your proposal? You go. You, you do yours first. We do it just like Miss America. We have a panel of judges, and as a contestant, you have different categories. You know, we got to have one category that is useless knowledge. So you light a cigar, you give forth your best piece of useless knowledge in the form of a story. If you can keep the judges riveted, you get points. If you just sit there smoking like a dummy, then you don't get points. Extra points for punctuating with a, with a perfectly timed draw. Right. Obvious disqualification if you point with your cigar. I do think we have an etiquette portion of the thing where you, you know. I think that's overall, uh, judging the etiquette throughout the cigar. Yeah, probably, probably should just have the judges run etiquette through the whole thing. Yeah. I think we should have a complicated tasks division. Oh, and, uh, you should have like to like changing a tire while keeping your cigar lit, or fishing, or whatever. The, and, and I'm not, and I'm not going to set the category. Whatever the most complicated thing you think you can effectively do without. Now, if you drop your cigar, you're disqualified. Right. Or if it goes out. Or if it goes out, the most complicated thing you can do while smoking a cigar. I think that's a category that gets weighed pretty heavy. Yeah. And then also, you know, if because because this does happen to me occasionally, if you're trying to do something too complicated and you're holding it in your mouth because you need both hands, 
and you take too long with whatever that piece of the task is that you start to run out of air and so you end up coughing and you get point deduction for that well and then i think we have the technical award i think they hand you a cigar with no label you must light it and tell them what it's made of Mm -hmm. nicaraguan you know nicaraguan dominican matafina whatever i think that's a big part of the competition one of the things i would like to see is and i don't know how you could feasibly do this but engineer a smoking defect in the cigar and see how they cope with it. So one that's going to have a mouse hole burn, one that's going to stovepipe, one that's going to canoe, and watch how they get it under control and how they, how they figure it out. And then last but not least, I think we should have a group conversation where everybody lights a cigar and you see if you know how to conduct yourself in a conversation while smoking a cigar. How not to interject upon everyone else's topics. How to wait for it to come around. How to get a laugh without going back to the well too often. Right. Just the the ebb and flow of the conversation around the cigar. That should be a big category. And then the controlling your smoke in that environment. So that it, it is part of the etiquette portion. No, I like that. And as honestly, as much as I hate it, because you see it at, at events from time to time, I wouldn't absolutely disqualify it if they also did a long ash. We can make the long ash part of it, but I think it's kind of like to got to be like the talent part of Miss America. It's That's, just kind yeah. of a, a, a sideshow deal. Yeah, yeah. It definitely doesn't have to be the main focus. I don't think it should be because realistically, more about, long ash has more to do with the construction of the cigar than it does with the person smoking it. Well, but there, and there is, you know, you can do a certain measurement. You know, you look at the base of my cigar right now. That cap is still perfect. Mm. If I was one of the judges at the Cigar Smoking World Championship and it looked like you'd been gnawing on that cigar for an hour and it was fluffed out and unfurled and everything like that, that's going to cost you points. Exactly. You're not going to be the world champion if you gnaw on your cigar. Yeah, it's got to be a multifaceted approach to really crown a world champion of cigar smoking. So that, that's my idea. That's how I think with this competition. You know, I'm, I'm notorious. I tell people all the time, don't tell me you hate an ideal unless you've got an alternative. Right. Don't just say, oh, I hate that. I Have an alternative. Have, a, have another plan in mind. So I propose that the Cigar Smoking World Championship. Be a skills-based. Right. Be a skill. And a social skills-based as well. Right. You know, you've got to be able to have a conversation. You've got to be able to carry on. You've got to be able to entertain. You've got to control your smoke. Control Smoke control has got to be a huge part yeah. of this. You know, first lungful I get from somebody's off, off gassing, I'm really going to have a problem. Which is something that cigar smokers are aware of and practice much better than cigarette smokers. Well, think How about many times has a cigarette smoker blown smoke right in your face? Well, think about this. You know, we were all sitting at that poker table, and the dealer actually commented upon how nice it smelled with us all sitting there smoking cigars. Right. We all had perfect control of our smoke, our perfect control of our ash. There wasn't ash on the floor. Or the table. Didn't burn a single card, didn't scorch a chip. Right. I mean, we all had maintained exemplary control, even the rookies. Exactly. And I appreciate you coaching the rookies up on the way down there as to how to control their ash and their smoke. Well, and I do think we did get a bit of a boost and a help from the ventilation in that building. It really was quite good. It really was. It was really, and the dealer even commented that they were going to fall asleep because of the smell of all of our cigars, not... (laughs) 
and not in a negative way. Just it's such a relaxing. It was full it was feeling cozy. Yeah. All right. Carry on. All right. Uh, so we haven't talked accessories in a long time on the show, and you brought this one up. Calibri adds a black and pink option to the V cut. You know. <laughs> I'm actually a little surprised that they didn't already have this. I mean, the color palette really fits well with what they already have in their lineup. This is a fuchsia hot pink. I mean, this, this isn't subtle. This isn't It's a Girl. This is pink for the sake of pink. This is, if you're a wrestling fan, this is the Hart Family Crest pink. And I'll Bret, Bret Hart, Jim the Anvil, Knight Hart, um, Natalia Hart now carrying on the legacy. Davy Boy Smith was one of the brother-in-laws. All of their wrestling gear always followed this same color scheme. Mm-hmm. Color scheme. This is the Hart family equivalent of the Calibri cutter. But here's my question for Half Wheel. Hey, fellas. They just say it's a pink cutter. Is there not a story? It's got to be more than somebody decided to make a pink cutter. It- you know, is it for National Woman's Day? Is it for... I mean, it, the the timing of the release would have been... Or even if it wasn't, surely somebody in the PR... Actually, I know the people in the office at Calibri. No one thought about it. But surely somebody somewhere had to say, Oh, yeah, International Women's Day was three days ago. Let's... Uh, now, like, let's... Some, right. some tie-in. Yeah, let's... There's absolutely nothing. Breast cancer awareness, anything. It's not like you got to look hard to tie a pink cutter into something useful. Mm. And all this, even the swimsuit division of the cigar smoking world championship, the pink cutter flows right in with that. So, I'm just saying. The problem is, it's an international competition, so you end up with a lot of speedos. That's right, hairy guys, yeah, hairy guys and speedos. Really you don't want a swimsuit competition. Trimming their back hair with cigar cutters. <laughs> oh, that's a horrible visual that I will never unsee. Oh God. But, okay, half-wheel, come on, fellas. Give us a reason. Tell us why this thing's pink. Please don't tell me that they just pulled pink out of the color palette and started throwing it at us. And all, that's all I ask. Is that, much, is that too much to ask? No, I don't, especially because in the cigar industry, you expect a story with everything. Everybody that releases a new blend has some story behind it. Not all of them, but many of them have some type of prominence associated with them and I, I don't think it's too much to ask that from your accessory as well well and the king of naming cigars i will say this with all sincerity because i firmly believe it um roma craft is the undisputed king of naming cigars completely agree the neanderthal the cro-magnum the whiskey rebellion they're having a sleepy day at aquitaine but okay yeah <laughs> They just mailed it in for Aquitaine. Well, but now they've released the Neanderthal genetic deformity. How good is that? That's strong. That, that's a strong name. I like the name. They also have the knuckle, knuckle Dragger, which I really love, too. Well, the large um, Neanderthal was called the Slobber Knocker. That's right. And, and I really liked the Slobber Knocker. I wish I could get my hands on a few more Slobber Knockers in my day. That sounded awful. <laughs> I was going to let it slide. So the genetic deformery is a Habano broadleaf barber pole. So now this is a barber pole, but it's kind of it's kind of a barber pole under the radar. See, I love it. It's a, it's a barber pole written in invisible ink. <laughs> because unless you know what to look for, you're not going to notice it. The Habano wrapper and the broadleaf wrapper are so similar in color. The Habano is just maybe a half a shade lighter. Uh, I love, I love the idea of this. I do too. I like the <laughs> idea of it. Um, now, here's my complaint: 
Filler, Condega, Jalapa, Puebla Nueva, Esteli, Olor, and Green River Valley. Soccer One Double Lajero, Pennsylvania. What is this? A, a KOA campground roadmap? <laughs> it sounds like a steeplechase horse race. Yeah, I mean, what are they doing? Are they are they just everywhere they took the tobacco through on the back of a donkey, writing it down as being from there? I mean, come on, fellas, let's let's trim it down a little. Sometimes well, simpler is better. Well, my understanding is that Roma Craft is not growing their own tobacco; they're buying it, and so it could be the multiple different farms that this was sourced from. But still, that's... Or maybe they found a bale of tobacco in the back. They don't know where it's from, so they so just, just said everywhere yeah. we've ever done business with. Yeah, let's just cover all of our bases. Well, it comes in 15-count boxes, um, and it's... Oh, I'm, I lost it. Oh, it's it's a, a four and a quarter by 52. There it is. Yeah, it's a little small. That's a little small for what I like in a cigar. But... Um, Price is okay, ten sixty nine. So that's not a bad price. And this article is from Cigar Authority, and they do a good job of reviewing the cigar. I won't go into it because it's much more fun when you smoke it yourself without any preconceived notions. So really enjoy that. I, I that cannot. I, I am such a fan of Roma Craft. I really can't wait to get my hand on that. I'm not usually a Neanderthal guy. I tend to go for the Cro Magnon, but I, I definitely will be getting my hands on one of those. So last but not least, I have to cover this. I can't let this go by. From GT Nation Magazine, gtnation.com. Ten interesting and fun facts about the Michelin Man. And uh, we all know the iconic Michelin Man. Kind of looks like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man if you took the suit off of him, the sailor suit off and all, but... The Michelin Man, and the only reason I wanted to do that, he was first found his branding in the early 1900s, and he was pictured smoking a cigar and wearing glasses. Do you this s- advertisement is the thing of nightmares. It, it is creepy. Does it look Winston Churchillish to you? A little bit. I mean, really, to me, and, th- and that's how you know you have become a cigar icon when they make a a tire sales gimmick that looks like you. What I really, what really unnerves me about this is the fact that he's got flesh-colored human hands. Did yeah, you that notice is, that? That is pretty creepy. The, his face is white and ribbed just like the rest of his body, but his hands are perfect human flesh-colored hands. It's just really unnerving. It, it is unnerving, unnerving in the ad, but I do like the fact that he originally smoked a cigar. Have, can you imagine anybody in advertising now smoke? Could they even do it? If count- I, That would be counted as advertising smoking. So Count Chocula couldn't be puffing on a Padron? No. <laughs> I would want to, but it tastes like a piece of cake you had the other night. That's right. <laughs> but um, the Michelin Man with the cigar, I, I, it's Winston Churchillish. I really think if you look at the shape, if you look at all the, the iconography... No, I'll use a big word. Looks exactly like Winston Churchill. Also a very Churchill. powerful player on the Scrabble board. That's right. Triple word score there. And a very interesting, it's an interesting article. Um, created in 1898. That's how, how old are tires? I didn't know we had tires in 1898, let alone Michelin tires. I, the, the pneumatic tire was, was invented in the... Mid 1800s, first used on bicycles. Mr. Dunlop. See, if we were in the cigar smoking world championship in the useless knowledge category, you and I'd be neck and neck right now. That's right. For the hitman and the and the development of the pneumatic tire, we'd be neck and neck. It would be up to the judges. 
and all. Um, the in 1969, when Neil Armstrong landed on the moon, a French journalist commented, saying, "It's extraordinary. He reminds me of the Michelin Man walking on the moon." Huh. I get so, that with the shape and the color of the suit. Yeah. So it's so so icon, such an icon, and he started with a cigar. Would he have ever made it without a cigar? I'd like to think not. <laughs> I would too. All right, Trey. So give me a judgment on Alec Bradley. I am gonna go. Four and a half, four and three quarters. It's it's not bad, but it's just not anything. Bradley's been on the downcline for me for a long time. Um, I bought a couple of Maxes, and I don't know what they've changed, but even their Max don't taste as good anymore. And that was me. always an anchor for their line. It was yeah. consistent. It was bold. Yeah, everything they've been doing, they've been kind of just falling off and going downhill for me. I don't know why that is, but that's it's the way it's been going. Um, see, this is tough for me. I hate to give out too many six, six and a halves because yeah. they lose their value. And I feel like we have been smoking a lot in that range. Yeah, it seems like we've been giving out a lot of sixes and sixes and a halves lately, but I've got it. This has got to be a six and a half. I mean, it's got to be. I, wow. I can't intellect, be intellectually honest and not give this a six and a half. And also, that's the, high praise. Yeah, the Punch Matafina, highly recommended. If you're at a store that happens to have them, has a green band on it, the official color of Matafina, and just grab one. You'll really be impressed. So, how does everybody get a hold of us? Well, we are on Facebook.com/slash The Cigarcast. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at The Cigarcast. And you can get us by email, info at thecigarcast.com. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to us. And until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.